Greetings and welcome to Everyday America, where you'll hear the American story one person at a time. I'm Gregory King, your host, and my goal is to inform, entertain, and inspire by sharing the stories of everyday Americans with you. In fact, each of you are potential guests. More on that later. Everyday America is offered free to all that would like to listen in, but if you'd like to support me, go to my Patreon page and check out my goals and rewards. That's patreon.com slash everydayamerica. And special thanks to my music director, Steve Hall, who writes and performs all my music. He's a great studio musician, teaches guitar virtually all across the country, and can be reached at stevehallmusic at outlook.com. Today, we're going to hear a story from what I call the waterway interviews. A few years ago, I went on a documentary expedition in a small boat from Norfolk to Boston up the intercoastal waterway. The goal was to search for the American spirit. Each day we'd end up in a new port and each day we'd find someone to interview. The footage from the trip had a short life as a pilot for a TV show that Discovery almost wanted, but on which they ultimately passed. Ah, such as television. But their loss is our gain because I have these interviews we obtained from a very unique cross-section of Americans. There are about 10 in all, and I will occasionally pull one out of the archives for you. Today, we're going to hear from Twee. While docked in Philadelphia, we were hosted aboard the ship Moshulu for a Microsoft event. The ship is a beautiful four-masted bark completed in 1904 in Scotland. After the event, we encountered a young woman that owns and operates a successful Vietnamese restaurant in Philadelphia. Here is the beginning of her interview aboard the Moshulu. Thank you, Twee, for sitting down with us today. John was saying you have a very interesting story about fleeing Vietnam. T- tell me about that. Um, well, it started uh, with my father's involvement in the uh, Vietnam War when he fought alongside the Americans against the communists. And when the war was over, he was incarcerated, I guess, for war treason, is that what you would call it? <laughs> And um, he was there for uh, six years. And uh, at the time, I was two years old. Uh, Don't remember what he looked like. Don't remember, I have no recollection of having had a father. I was too young. Once he was released, our first move was to get out of the country because we knew that if we stayed behind, you know, life would have been really difficult because I guess he would would have been uh, considered a traitor um, it just wouldn't, wouldn't have been easy for us to stay behind. So my mother made the decision to escape. At this point, a wedding party boarded and was just too loud to continue. Needless to say, we were captivated by her story, so we postponed until later that evening. The entire crew was invited to the restaurant where we were treated like royalty. There, after hours, her story resumes. Her story is amazing, but her conviction about why America is great is even more so. Her advice to youth near the end will make you smile or make you mad. We'll see. You know, once my father was released, um, we, well, my mom decided that we wouldn't have a future in, uh, in Vietnam um, because of the fact of his involvement in the war and, uh, and you know, the fact that he was considered a traitor to the country and the, our lives wouldn't, you know, would be made very difficult because of that fact. and. 
So um, we decided to escape and uh, leave Vietnam. And um, when I say escape, I'm, I meant getting on the boat and leave. So tell, tell me about that day. What was that like for you? What do you remember about that? I just remembered um, just basically going along with what my, my mother and father told me to do and be very quiet, sneak out in the middle of the night when everyone was sleeping, you know, be as discreet as possible and not, you know, saying a word about what we were about to do to anyone, even to our own relatives. And, uh, and that's, you know, that's what we did. And um, our first attempt was not successful, um, but um, fortunately we were not caught. Their first attempt was thwarted by weather. The sea was rough. The shared boat they were on was threatened by the, by the sea. So they turned back to shore, made their way to their home until a second attempt could be organized. Our, our second attempt, um, as soon as we um, left shore, we caught their attention and then uh, we were chased down the, by the, the police and um, literally had to dump whatever we could off the boat to, to make it lighter to make the boat go faster and pretty much water, food, fuel, whatever that added weight to the boat, we just threw it off um, just to make it go faster and um, we did outrun them and then, uh, uh, you know, two nights after that we were without water and food and just sort of drifted. Uh, the boat, the motor wasn't even running. We were just drifting in, in, you know, in the sea and just waiting for help. What was the intent? To just leave and hope for rescue? Or was there a plan beyond that? We would just want to go out there and, and wait for, you know, a, a big ship to, to rescue us. That's, that's everybody's intent when, when you go and escape. We, we encountered a, a Russian a military ship who did not have permission from their government to um, rescue us, but instead they gave us all of the, um, you know, the supplies, food, water, um, all the equipments that we needed to signal for help. Fortunately, my father was involved in the military and he knew how to signal for help when in distress. So. Um, from, from that, um, we went through another night just, you know, calling out for, for um, rescue and uh, morning came. Fortunately enough, the, uh, the French uh, military vessel came and uh, they rescued us. What was the mood on the boat when the French ship showed up? Oh, it was, I mean, I think everyone at that time was just exhausted is not even the word. It was just starvation and thirst. But, but you know, once the, the, the boat picked us up, it just everyone just sort of was just out of nowhere, just rose and just like out of uh, joy. And basically, oh my God, someone's here to save our life. Do you see people just laying there? You think they're just probably dying and then, they, you know, you, they just lit up. I don't know how to describe it. Um, I was eight years old, but still, I remember that much. I remember my mom saying, "Like, we're going to America." That was her words. Like, we're gonna, we're close. We're coming. We're going to America. <laughs> we're gonna eat apples, red apples, because I've never had apples in my entire life. So we're, we're finally gonna get the taste of red apples. <laughs>
I know very common things in this country, but it's something that to us means we succeeded, we made it, you know, but that's the saying. So once we're, you know, up uh, at the ship at the top deck looking down at um, the little raft that we were on, even at eight years old, I, I look at it and I, that was actually very, it's scary. Um, I think we all had the same emotions, whether the, you know, eight years old like I was, or even if you were 40 years old, I think that particular moment, everyone kind of like looked over um, from the deck and just look at each other and just like, oh my God. We were dropped off in Singapore and that's where we became refugees for about, I think, five months. Tell me about dark water. Dark water. <laughs> um, I have a fear of dark water. I say black water, no one understands, but dark water. Um, I, I, today I, I, am, I have a fear of looking at any bodies of water at night because it reminded me of the time when I was on the boat and where the, the water started out beautiful blue and then gradually turned to purple and then dark and then, you know, eventually looked like black and um, it scared me because there was, there were no light source. The only light I had was, I, was the moon and, uh, and it scared me because I, I pictured myself, oh my God, what if the, the boat drowned and I would just go under in that black water. So, you know, today it's, it's still, I have a fear of that. The red apple was a symbol to your family of America, a symbol of freedom. Mm -hmm. So what is America to you? What, what does it mean? It's what you make of it. Um, I believe that, um, you know, I know people say this a lot and it's, um, it is the land of opportunity. It's if you're willing to work hard, if you want to succeed, it's how far you want to succeed. You can do it. You know, um, where I come from, there are zero, there's really, not, I, I don't want to say zero, but the opportunity is only available to those who are privileged. And uh, for people, a common person, you know, even if you wanted to um, work hard and succeed, you couldn't. You just, you just it doesn't work that way. Here, you know, when they say equal opportunity, I believe it, they mean it. And, um, and it's very true. Uh, my family came here with nothing and uh, we started out with, you know, just working odd jobs, doing, you know, all kinds of jobs and just building up and saving up. And then, you know, we now have a restaurant and we're very we're comfortable, and uh, I think we're living the American dream. And I, I really believe it. I believe you you can make it happen. Um, it's up to you. So um, I don't know if I should go into how you know people complain about this country. Tell me about that. I don't. You have no patience for it. I don't. I really don't. Or tell I, me why. Because of what I've been through and what I've seen, I I see around me the kids that grew up here and. 
they're complaining about what society owes them, what the government owes them, um, where, you know, get up and do something. If you don't like your life, do something about it. It's, you're not helpless, not in this country. Elsewhere, yes, you can say that, but not here. So um, I'm, I, don't like, I don't like it when I hear things like that. And, you know, I, I have an eight-year-old son, and I, you know, I, want, I instill that, that kind of belief in him where, no, you're not helpless. There's no, no, I can't do this. No, there's no such thing, not here. So, yeah. My family, I mean, I can honestly say we, uh, we're living the American dream because, it, because I think if we were in Vietnam, I don't think we would have the opportunities that we have today. That's why I don't have the tolerance for, for people who you know, say they hate this country. Yes, we do have flaws. We, you know, not perfect. Nothing's perfect. But overall, I think, um, you know, America, there's, there's no place like it. What was your initial reaction with Americans that were here? When you got here, started going to school, you had to learn English? It wasn't easy. Um, you know, coming here in the early 80s, um, a lot of the majority of the American population were not as, welcome, as welcoming to us, you know. Now it's different, you know. But back then, you know, we were relatively new. There, we're this group of Asian people that's being shipped over and out of nowhere. And I guess they figured they didn't know what to do or how to react to us. But we, we encountered a lot of uh, racism, some violence. But, you know, we overcame that. It, was, it wasn't going to stop us. Again, it's probably better than where we came from. So what's your future? My future is, I'll continue to run my business and I'm very proud of my uh, family's heritage. My parents started this restaurant 25 years ago. I'm very proud of it and just like to continue the legacy and make them proud. What about your son? He's, he's growing up in a completely different oh, environment. Oh, yes, yes, he's, you know, he is, he's got the best of both worlds, I think. Um, he's bilingual, of course. He speaks Vietnamese fluently. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's a good balance. I, I'm not one of those parents who are going to completely Americanize my child just because he was born here. You know, again, he speaks Vietnamese. He eats Vietnamese food. He eats American food. But, you know, he, he, he knows, you know, I, I educate him on about where I came from and you know hopefully one day if he wants to if he has any desire to I would love to take him back to Vietnam and show him where I came from and his heritage. What would you say about the American spirit which is generally one of hope, optimism, hard work? Do you think it still exists? Um, yeah I think it's still there but sometimes, you know, I feel discouraged when I see certain things in the media, you know, where people are just talking down, uh, you know, about America. And that, that, that hurts me because, I mean, I have most, mostly good things. I mean, probably 99%. I mean, I think this is, this is the land of everything. I mean, I've, I've traveled. 
to Europe, I've traveled to other continents, you know, just, just to see what it's like. And I, I always come back and I said, you know what? I'm so grateful. I'm, I'm here. I'm back. This is, you know, I'm home. This is, this is where it's overall, it's better here than anywhere. And I can say that, you know, um, wholeheartedly. I believe it. I see a lot of people, you know, talking against the, you know, United States or whatever, the way it's bad. And I think, you know, I like to see some of those people travel abroad and see what it's like out there and then come back and tell me how you feel about it. And, you know, because I really, I love this country. I, I think, again, I can't say enough about it. Those people, I think, I think ignorant, ignorance is the not, it's a very strong word, but I think they're not, um, they're not knowledgeable enough about what goes on outside of this country to make the conclusion that America is terrible. It's not terrible. God, I, I, I sound very, very <laughs> cynical. I hope I don't sound that way, but, you know, people need to go outside of the country to appreciate what we have here. And um, that's very important. They only know from what the media tells them or what propaganda, or what they read and whatnot. I, I, no, you gotta experience it yourself. And I've, I've done that. And uh, once again, if you don't like it here, you're welcome to leave. And I'm pretty sure once you leave, you will come back. <laughs> You all will come back. It's no one. It's no place like here. Thank you for hanging out with me on Everyday America, where we give random Americans the opportunity to share their stories with you. And remember, if you don't write it down, it didn't happen. So share your stories and write them down for your friends and family and for posterity and make your story real. If you or someone you know is willing to share their story with us, send a note to Everyday America Podcast at gmail.com. Tell us why and give us a way to reach you. And finally, if you'd like to support us, go to my Patreon page and check out my goals and rewards. That's patreon.com slash everydayamerica. I'd love to have you become part of the show. See you next time. <laughs>